So just to introduce myself and Joe, my name's Chris, Chris Kilby. I'm from uh, Southampton. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, thankfully, my wife is from Southampton too. Uh, do you want to give everyone a wave, Joe? Show them how beautiful you are. <laughs> we do live together. There have been moments when you've regretted it, I think. But <laughs> um, we're also um, birth parents of two grown-up children and adoptive parents of two children that I wish would grow up one day. But no, they're doing great. They're doing great. But they are now 17 and 15. We adopted them when they were two and four. So we've kind of seen them through the ages. One's just uh, uh, at college and one's just about to do his uh, final year at school. And uh, adoption and uh, care for the vulnerable was, I guess, something that God put on our hearts early on. Uh, many years ago, we, 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 we always thought it was something that we might consider one day. And then a number of different circumstances happened to us, some natural, some supernatural. Uh, and we ended up starting the adoption process uh, and then ended up very quickly having been assessed with, uh, with two young lads who we're very proud of and uh, delight in calling our sons. And uh, a few years ago in Southampton, it was that, that interesting point when the economy was plummeting and uh, the local authority was uh, desperate because uh, in Southampton they had a £20 million deficit forecast for that year in their services. Uh, and then they said to us, and also next year we've got a £20 million deficit, and the year after we've got a projected £20 million deficit, and we're withdrawing all of our youth services across the city, and we don't know what else we can do to save money. Uh, and they came to us as churches. We've got really good relationships across the churches in Southampton. And, and they came to us as a group, and they said, is, is there anything you can do to help? Uh, and so we said, well, we can pray. And uh, so we set up a prayer meeting. We invited the counsellors uh, who were responsible for children's services and other youth services and some of the other provision in the city. We invited them to come and share with the Christian community some of the needs that were there. Uh, and one of the counsellors who actually uh, was responsible for children's services and who was adopted himself as a young boy began to share the challenge that they were facing with fostering and with adoption in the city. And as he began to speak, my heart just began to pound. And it's one of those moments when you know uh, that God is saying, you have to do something about this. You can't just treat this as a prayer meeting and go away and pretend like it hasn't happened. And I came away wondering about the need and, and praying about the need. And uh, I got together with uh, another leader in another church in Southampton who was a, a foster parent. So I was an adoptive parent. He was a foster parent. Uh, and uh, we went and we had a meeting with the children's services in Southampton. We said, look, can you give us the bare bones of, of, of what your battle is at the moment? And he said, well, okay. He said, here's my major battle. We've been given a target of uh, translating 80 um, commercial pl foster placements into just 40 and finding 40 sets of fo or foster parents to take on the other 40 that are council approved. The, his point being that to have somebody placed in a council approved foster placement was uh, 250 to 350 pounds a week. To have them placed in a commercial placement was two and a half to three and a half thousand pounds a week. And so you can imagine the discrepancy between the two. And uh, 
The reality was the man who was responsible for the largest fostering agency in Southampton had a huge yacht parked in the marina and would fly in in his private jet. And it struck me as wrong that, that uh, the council was desperate for money and yet this commercial foster agency was just milking the need. And so we looked at that, 80, 80 families, uh, and we said, look, we'll... So no, he, no, they needed to get 80, and we said, we'll try and do half amongst the Christian community. We'll try and get all the churches together, we'll explain to them the need, and we'll pray. And we launched a campaign called Families for 40. Uh, and we got all the churches involved and just said, look, all we're trying to do is try and find people who are thinking about fostering or adoption and just to help you on the journey. We're not a fostering agency, we're not an adoption agency, but we're just leaders in the church who want to try and play our part for the vulnerable children in our city. Uh, and so we started this campaign and held a few open events where people could come and find out a little bit more about fostering and adoption and uh, and they did uh, and and within a month we'd had maybe 15 or so people who had made that first initial inquiry to the local authority and then within a couple of months we'd we got up to 20 30 40 went beyond 40 and it wasn't long before we were up to about 70 or so people who had come through our, our kind of little scheme and we're on the journey with either adoption or, or fostering. And now you can imagine how delighted the local authority were because the, the, they, they can spend thousands of pounds trying to recruit one person to foster or adopt. So they were delighted. And we really actually loved working with them. And uh, it, now we're, we're a couple of years down the line from that, two or three years down the line from that. We ditched the uh, Families for 40 campaign because obviously 40 had been and gone. Um, but the latest statistics I've heard from Southampton Local Authority is that the number of children in care since we started the campaign has halved, which is amazing. And, and, and that, I mean, that thrills me. And we've, so we've put a little bit of energy in at the front end, but God has really blessed the work that we've been involved with. And, um, and through that, I got connected with Krish Kandaya and Home for Good. Just at the time that we were starting to uh, do the Families for 40 campaign was the time that Krish Kandaya from the Evangelical Alliance at the time wrote his book, Home for Good. And the idea of his book was that as Christians, we can either use our home for good and foster children and bring them in and give them a little bit of security as they're going through transitions in life, or we could give a child a home for good by adoption. Uh, and so it was championing both of those things in the church. And uh, and that was at the same time we were doing our Families for 40 campaign. So we, we ended up kind of merging into that, really, because it seemed to make sense because they had a lot more money than us. And, uh, and so we said, yeah, it was a national campaign and they were well funded from, uh, you know, they got governmental sources, they got commercial sources. Uh, and so we became a local, a local organization, Home for Good Southampton. And then other cities saw what we were doing and local authorities and groups of churches approached us and said, look, we would love to do something like that. How can we do that? So we've now got Home for Good Liverpool, Home for Good Reading, Home for Good in lots of different cities, towns and local authorities. And uh, so it's become an, a very much a national movement. Um, but all I'm doing really is plugging away in my patch of the field and trying to help uh, in two worlds really. One is supporting those in my city who are Christians who are thinking about fostering and adoption but also being part of commission. Uh, I, I would love it if more of us in commission 
had this on our hearts, both people in our churches, people who are leading the churches, people who are already fostering and adopting, people who are thinking about fostering and adopting, and just pushing the bar higher and getting it, because I think this is a, there's a real biblical mandate for us. I'm, I'm not, we're not teaching today. Today is a forum, but I wanted to just share a bit of the story so you knew why we were gathering together, because one of my clear desires, I guess, is to support all of you at whatever stage of the journey you're at, whether you're involved professionally in the world of adoption or fostering, or whether you're involved personally, or whether you're thinking, I'd love to, but I couldn't, or whether you think, it's not something I've thought about, but my wife keeps going on about it, so I ought to go along to the seminar with her, or vice versa. You'll always find, if there's two of you involved in this journey, one is the gas and one is the brake, and that's okay. God does that for a reason, okay? So, so, so don't be surprised if you're both thinking quite differently, if you're a couple, okay? Um, but over the years, we've, we've, we've always tried to hold something while we've been here at West Point um, to, to be able to serve the commission family. Uh, and so today, I just want to tell you what, what I wanted to do during this hour that we've got together. Firstly, I wanted to ask you to be bold. And some of you since the last time we were able to gather at West Point, we'll have taken some steps forward, or we'll be in, a, in the middle of a journey, or we'll be in, in, a, in the place of we're now praying about this, whereas we weren't last year. Or it might be that you have been approved for something and you're facing panel or assessment or something like that. And what I'd love us to do, this is a forum, so I would love anybody that's got something that they would like to share in terms of progress on the journey, we want to celebrate that with you. We want to stand with you and encourage you on the journey and so we're going to do that first of all okay so if you're in a position where you've got you know you're, you're you're doing something you're thinking about something even if you've come along today and you're thinking we've never thought about it but we just saw it in the brochure and felt like we should come if you're here today and you can come up here and you can say we weren't even thinking about it but we saw it in the brochure and we're here and what will happen is i'll tell you what will happen everybody will give you a huge cheer a huge clap and say well done for being here keep listening yeah so the idea is we're here as a mutual encouragement to one another because being at the other end of the, 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 the kind of season, if you like, and now having a child who joined us when he was very little, who's now 17, those years are hard. They're tough years. And I think if we'd have had a little more encouragement and support and help along the way, it might have, it might have just, just strengthened us a little bit. It can be quite a lonely role and a lonely responsibility at times. I think when we began, we were the only family in the church who had adopted and so it was quite a, a lonely road and I would love us to together create a culture in our churches where adoption and fostering is talked about celebrated promoted and supported so so we're going to do that first and then after we've done that we're going to just have a kind of time of open Q&A. So if you've got questions, whether that's, uh, we, you know, we've got people that are involved in adoption and fostering professionally in the room, and so it won't always necessarily be me, but we're here to mutually answer one another's questions. So if somebody's got a question, they can ask it, and anybody in the room can try and answer it, and you'll get some different perspectives. So, so stories first and encouragements, then a bit of open Q&A, and then I'm going to give you a few ways that, that you can get more involved with championing and helping and promoting this cause in the settings that you're in. Uh, so I've got a few resources here to share with you. And then I thought it would be wonderful if we could end our hour together just by praying for the vulnerable children in our towns and our cities and our nation and the nations of the world so that we can be standing in the gap on their behalf because it's really about them, isn't it? So, um, so why don't we kick off. If anybody that would like to, 
uh, come and share something of the journey that they've been on since we last met. It would be wonderful to hear some things. So come on, you guys come up. While they're getting up, just feel free to come and make a cue, okay, while people are talking. So um, we've been on um, quite a long journey of thinking how to start our family and it's probably been about maybe <laughs> seven years maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe about seven years and um, I think for, for the latter part of those years it kind of felt like God had us kind of at the, at the kind of in the blocks at the beginning of a race but it just felt like we couldn't go forward and I think God was was doing a lot in us individually and as a couple and then last West Point um, so I worked with I, I work with look, looked after children I'm a social worker um, so professionally I was involved um, with it um, but yeah we knew personally we wanted to be involved as well and the God had put it on our hearts and we'd had prophetic words and things and um, and then last West Point we were sitting in a main meeting and there was someone up on the stage kind of giving a testimony and she was a social worker and her husband was there as well and they were saying because of the work that they're doing and um, that the wife was doing they feel like actually they want to build their family through adoption and all of a sudden just something clicked and it just felt like God opened the opened the gates and went go for it so last West Point we both kind of sat down and went I think God's saying do it now so we went to an information session, we went um, into the adoption process, stage one, stage two, um, got approved in June. Um, a few days later, we were, had a potential match with some siblings. And then the day we were traveling to West Point on the 23rd, we had to just go to matching panel first. <laughs> and we were approved to match these two children. So. <laughs> No, you said it all. <laughs> I, um, I'll try not to speak for too long, but can I just say on the subject of siblings, um, we, we are now foster carers since last year. Um, and I'm, I'm very conscious that 70% of all siblings get split up when they go through the fostering process because people won't take in siblings. And, and, and that's understandable if you, you haven't got a big house and so on, but that's something that's really on my heart. And, and also, I do think that the church are, you know, should be loving those that others won't love. Um, so, yeah, siblings. Um, so, so fostering was on my heart. Uh, I would say four or five years ago, I was in church. It was, a it was a sermon on a different topic, and God just broke my heart. He showed me a little picture of a boy knocking on my door and asking to come and live in my house. And it was out of context, and I, I, I translated that into fostering. And uh, so I, I brought it to attention of my darling wife. And it took us a few years to be fully um, on board because we've got four boys of our own. And um, so uh, we went through, we've gone through an agency, not, not the local authority. Um, I, I decided that support for us was key. So I asked three social workers for a recommendation of which agencies support their uh, foster care is the best. Um, and so we went, we went the agency route and we, uh, I'm pleased we did. Um, but some will go local authority route and some will go agency route. But we've got two girls. God's got a sense of humor because we've got four boys and I, I thought he would give me boys. And then uh, we got a call saying, would you take in two girls? And so I phoned my wife at work and said, can we have two girls today? And uh, it was an exciting day because, because, because the, the, the social worker was texting us um, from court saying, I'm in trouble here. I'm texting from court. I shouldn't be. 
And um, it went on and on. And then she said, yeah, finally, later on today, the, the girls will arrive with you. Um, I could speak for ages, but it's been, it's, been, it's been wonderful. It's lovely to do what God calls you to do, even though it is hard. Um, we've got a darling, you may have seen her, a darling little um, two-year-old who's, who's just smiles and lovely and happy. She's such a blessing. Um, we've got her 11-year-old sister as well. <laughs> Would you like to say something, darling? Um, if you're here and you're not in a position to adopt or foster, there's still a great role for you um, because um, our... Our life group or home group have been absolutely excellent. Um, Matteo at the back there, he came to this seminar last year, he's back. There's as Greg. <laughs> they're, they're in our support team. They're not currently fostering and adopting, but they are part of the church. And it's really important to have people that will draw alongside you and support you and um, be just somebody you can call up and say, can you just come around and make cheek sandwich? <laughs> Um, just, just lastly, can I just say, I, I'm aware that more than 50% of foster children are fostered by the over 50s. Um, so if you are older here, you've got a great role to play. And if you're younger, step forward, because we haven't got the energy to play football all day. Um, so step forward. And also, I, I, I play a role in Home for Good centrally. Um, I help their board. So if there's any Home for Good questions later, Chris knows them really well, but I might also be able to help at some point. Well done, guys. Hi, we're Andy and George. Um, a bit of our backstory, I'll keep it brief, is that five years ago, um, George came to this seminar five years ago and um, was sat there and God just dropped into her heart, adoption doesn't have to be second choice. Um, and then whoever was speaking at the time, whether it was Chris or somebody else, said that exact phrase. So she bounded back out of the seminar, came to me, you say about gas and the brake, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> So I, I said, well, fine, God. You know, we've, we chatted about it before. Um, George was a social worker, so it's kind of on our radar. And I said, well, God, just work on my heart um, if, if you want us to adopt first instead of having birth children first. Um, and he did. He's just wrecked us for it. Um, so we've sat on that for the last five years. And then um, we started sort of um, asking, approaching a few authorities last year. And we've just gone through the assessment process and we're going to approval panel on the 20th of September. Um, so yeah, and we're hopefully going to be approved for a sibling group as well. So. I'll preach it though. Hi, my name's Charlie. Uh, so I'm the break and the gas is Laura, my wife, but she sent the break up. Um, so this is actually our first time at West Point, but uh, we've been in kind of the New Frontiers spheres for a, for a while. Uh, we moved from London, from Putney, uh, to Winchester last August. Um, and we've had adoption on our hut for a while. We've got three uh, lovely birth children. But on my uh, birthday last October, Laura took me out for a nice dinner. I thought that was suspicious. Uh, and... <laughs> just before dessert, just kind of launched into this and it had been on her heart and what did I think, fully expecting me to say, uh, no thanks, what's for dessert? Uh, anyway, I didn't, I said, well, let's think about it, let's pray about it. And so we've just been on that journey. And frankly, me as the break, expecting God to say, uh, to slam the door shut at every single stage. 
you know, so expecting the social worker to say, well, you've got three of your own, how can you possibly have another? Uh, expecting them to say, you, you both work, we can't make that work. Frankly, expecting them to say, you're Christian, we don't do that, we don't give uh, children to Christian families. And at each stage, those lives have been taken away. Um, the, the door's still, still wide open. So we've been through um, stages we've got approved uh, in uh, July, and we're now just waiting every Thursday for the phone call uh, to see if there's a match. Uh, we're going to have, have uh, one to add to our three mad ones, and it'll be chaos, as I said at the panel, but they seem to like that. So. Hi, uh, my name's Ben. I'm uh, um, from Basingstoke, North Hampshire. Um, we've been approved as uh, skills-free foster carers now for three and a half years or so. Um, reason I felt I stood up today is we specialise in looking after children whose placements are in danger of breaking, those people that are already in placement. We also specialise in looking after unaccompanied asylum-seeking children. And as a Christian family, that's particularly challenging that most of them are Muslim. And the challenges that faces us as a Christian family, allowing Muslim children to also be given the freedom that we find in fostering and that we have in Christ is really, really important to us. Um, we only have the children for a very short period of time, but what we actually find with them is that they leave us with a greater sense of being, a greater sense of purpose. Um, Many of these children have gone on to be saved themselves in other foster families. We've never actually had them to the point where we've actually got them into church ourselves because we only have them for a short period of time as they arrive in the country and they're at a point of immediate need. But what I'm saying is that there is such joy in looking after children that we as Christians might not look at straight away. And it's really important to me to come to you guys today and say, look, these are children. Um, what we're here to do is to look after them and care for them and to nurture them and to cherish them and to give them the information that they can use to go on to make an informed decision in their lives later. And yeah, for all of you guys that are thinking of fostering, I say to you, yeah, just stand up and go for it. It is the most rewarding, most amazing thing in the world that every single child you have in your house, you make a small bit of difference for. Um, we have uh, kids in long-term placement now that couldn't read and write when they arrived and after several years they're now at age related expectation that we can do it you might think you're not good enough but with God standing beside you and with your own abilities you know we can smash it it's an amazing thing to see a child develop and become self-confident and ready to go and um, form part of our community um, yeah, and, and as far as yeah, fostering goes, I mean, I would love to talk to you guys later about how we can actually use your scheme in North Hampshire and take that to our leadership team and our elders and see what we can do to join in with you, because that would be super. Hi, I'm Dave, and uh, my wife Christine. We've got two little girls who we adopted a few years ago, and we're loving that adventure. We're really grateful to God for them. You hear that, guys? All right? We're grateful. Um, and uh, Hannah said to me just now, Daddy, this is my time to share. So um, I'm not sure what she wants to say, but she tells me that you're sure, aren't you, what you want to say. What is it you want to say to these guys? Are you going to say? You're not sure. Okay. It was about adoption, wasn't it? And how, how do you feel about adoption? Is it a good idea? Sometimes you're not sure, but... Sometimes you just need to pray. Yeah. 
Yeah, and God helps us, doesn't he, with all of it. Yeah, cool. And something about, what did you say about God's family? Is there anything else or not? That's okay. Cool. Thanks. Well done, Han. Well done. Um, we've learned loads, obviously, uh, from God as we've gone through the adventure. And we're still going through it and learning loads. And um, big thing for me, I think, is just adopting kids into families is one thing and that's massively important encourage you to think about that but god adopting children into his family as well is something else obviously we care about it too and it's been a joy to see not just kids coming into our family but our kids coming into god's family as well and uh yeah that's great isn't it we're all up for that yeah Hello, I'm Ree. Um, I have always had a heart for fostering and adoption since I was a teenager, um, but always figured that you had to wait till you were married and settled and a grown up till you sort of did anything like that. Um, I'm still waiting. Um, so I am now 32 and I'm single. And um, I, because of work and um, home situation, things like that really, um, I'm not in a position to foster um, or adopt, but um, I come to these things anyway. Um, so uh, there's a lady in our church in Winchester who is a social worker um, in fostering and adoption. And because I turn up at her events and chat to her about it, she came to me and said, so would you fancy a job? <laughs> Um, I've already got two jobs, so I've accepted a third one, which is support worker for foster kids. <laughs> so go for it anyway. <laughs> Hi, my name's Dave. Um, my wife Alice is over there. Uh, we are. This is our first time um, here. It's the first time we've been in a commission church. Um, we have a, a birth daughter, Julia, and we're in the process of adopting uh, a second child. We are about to go to panel, um, hopefully in about two months. Um, for us, because we've already got an existing birth child, we were told by Bristol City Council we had to go international. So that's what we've been doing. It's been quite a long, frustrating process, but it does finally see like there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and hopefully we'll get approved in about two months' time, and then we'll be able to go to South Africa for the matching process. Oh, so. Sorry, I forgot the two things my wife told me I've got to mention. One, ours is international, and two, it, as a result, it will probably be transracial. Um, so if anybody has got sort of experience of that, we'd love to maybe be in touch with you. Um, so find us maybe at the end. Thanks. Hello, I'm Trev, and I'm married to Belinda. Now, I'm the one up here speaking, but I'm actually the brake. Yeah, the throttle's over there. Now when we got married quite a few years ago in fairness uh you can probably tell but we it was on our heart back a long time ago we thought we spoke about fostering etc but that all went to the wayside because we had kids and they took over and then we had another child that was you know unplanned let's say blessing so then i thought well that's it it's finished with we won't be doing it anymore that's that's okay that'll be okay and uh but my wife was like no it's not it was still on her heart greatly. I put it away. We came last year. We came to this seminar last year. 
And since then, we've been through the pr complete process. Uh, we did go with an agency, and the reason we went with an agency, we actually phoned our local council. We contacted our local council, Dorset, never replied. It took so long. When they did, after we'd already started with the agency, it was so slow. But the agency we're with are, are superb. I, I've got to say, they really are very, very supportive. Um, and we've had, since last year, we've now had three respites come through. One of the little lads just went back the day we were trying to pack to come here. Adds a bit of interest to the world. We weren't going to come. We said, no, we're not going to come. We don't want to speak. We don't. And we actually got a text through from my daughter and said, you've got to go. You've got to go and share about what you're doing. So, and she was the one that we're most concerned about. If you've got kids and you're worried about your kids and how they're going to respond to it, talk to them. Talk to them. You'd be surprised actually how resilient they are because I've got a 20-year-old. Go for it, mum, he said. Go for it. We spoke to him individually because we didn't want any peer pressure between them. 18-year-old. I'm not bothered, you know. <laughs> Standard 18-year-old response, really. And then, buff, she's 13, just coming up 14. And we could tell she was a bit hesitant, you know. It was, this is a new, new, new game for her, but she's the one who's encouraged us to come and share with the importance of doing it. So going through the process is really good. The process prepares you in, in a great deal uh, for, for what, what's to come. And with, with the agency we're with, there's a lot of training, a lot of training. And it's good. What they don't prepare you for are reading the case studies. And if you're, in it, if you, if you're sitting on the fence at all, think about this. Your parents are the people that should look after you. Your parents are the people that should protect you. They're not the people that should abuse you beat you and torture you and that's is what's happening to a lot of these kids yeah you've got the opportunity you have the opportunity to turn around some of these lives take that opportunity um, I'm Jenny and uh, my husband and I are foster carers in Bournemouth and um, this time last year, we had been approved for about a year and we'd had two very short placements. One was only for two weeks and one was for seven weeks. And both of them returned home to family, which actually was a really successful result for both of those children. But this time last year, I think I ve very much felt that I was ready for something more of a challenge and something more that I felt like I could really get stuck into. And in October last year, uh, we had received a call about a, a newborn baby. Um, so she came to us straight from hospital last year. And um, it's been the most incredible journey with her. She actually was adopted last week. She left us on Monday. So it will be a week since she's gone to her forever family. And we are gonna miss her so much, um, but we are so grateful for what God has called us to do. And we are so grateful to spend last week with her new mummy and daddy who just adore her and have waited for her. And we had been praying that, they, that, that she would be matched with a Christian family. That's not what's happened, but we are so hopeful for the relationship that we have built with her new parents. And we've maintained touch so far, it's been a week, but we feel so hopeful for her future. And we feel so hopeful for the relationship that we have built with her new parents. And it has just been such a privilege. And her new mummy said to, um, to me, 
just before, and this is, this is by way, no word of what I've done, but just as a way of an encouragement to the rest of you here, she had said that it was a surreal thing for her to have not been able to have, have raised a child from birth, but that they were so grateful that she had been in our family from birth. And I've got two of, well, my husband and I have got two of our own birth children, and they have been sisters to her, and um, they are so grateful that she experienced that, that start in her life, um, to be in a family with other children. And so I would just encourage any of you who are thinking about fostering to just, just to go for it. Hello, um, I have a bit of an incomplete story, if that's okay, and maybe next year I'll have a bit more to tell. Um, my name's Kate, and my husband, Martin, who is the gas, is at home um, today. Um, he's had fostering on his heart for quite a few years, actually. And um, this year he had some real problems at work, and my dad died, and it was a really difficult time, and he had to leave his work in horrible circumstances. But um, he left on the Friday, and on the Monday we started the training for the foster caring, so it was kind of perfect God's timing. Um, and we have been going through the assessment process, and we're going to panel in October. Um, but um, we're really trusting God for kind of whatever his plans are, because I have um, a bit of depression on and off in my life uh, in the past, and my husband's had abuse in his background, so they're quite concerned about us, I think. Um, not that we're a risk to the children, but that how we would cope and how we would manage. So we're kind of having to really trust in faith for God's perfect timing and plans for us, and we'll see what happens over the next year. Hi, um, my name's David, and uh, I was a bit hesitant to share um, our story because our context is so different from, from everyone else here, probably. But um, my, uh, my wife Sarah is just sitting there, um, and we, we live in, in Bolivia in South America. Um, our, our story is that both of us, before we even knew each other, um, you know, from being teenagers, had it on our hearts. Uh, one day I would like to adopt. Just, you know, there's so many kids in homes or in difficult situations. Why, you know, why bring another one into the world when there's so many you could just have? And so we both had a similar attitude to like that. So when we met and, and uh, you know, and, and you know, found love and got together, that was always on our hearts was to adopt. We, we ended up having um, a biological daughter first, um, and then when she was uh, just, you know, uh, three, I think, was she? Um, two and a bit, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, we, we adopted Gabby, who was um, eight months at the time, and then um, that went well. So, <laughs> so then we adopted Lily, who was two months when, when she came to live with us. Um, that went quite well as well. So that was three girls, and it was time for a boy. So we adopted Ezekiel, who was a year and three months at the time. And um, I hadn't realized, but we weren't finished yet. And so then, <laughs> so then we adopted Asher uh, just last October. Um, and uh, so we now have uh, four Bolivians in our family. And, uh, and I'm, I'm now Bolivian as well, actually. I did my citizenship uh, last year. So uh, yeah, that's, that's our family. And just, um, just to, to say, you know, I just encourage you, for, for us, it's been you know, a brilliant experience, um, and the, uh, yeah, just, the, just the, the, the blessing that, that it is to have um, our children, you know, it's th and it's exactly the same, you know, biological daughter and, you know, adopted sons and daughters, um, and, and just, yeah, the, I mean, we don't know much about their, their backgrounds, but um, Just you know, knowing what what they could have had to to live with if they hadn't come to live with us, um, and and the joy that they bring us and the blessing that it is, just it's just brilliant to be part of that. 
Thank you. Wow, wow. Isn't that exciting and challenging and provoking? Every single story, every single diff person at a different stage, different nations, different situations. I think actually before we move on, I'd love us to maybe just break into some smaller groups and just to pray for one another because everybody will be in here for a reason. And you may or may not want to share your reason. You might just want to get somebody to pray for you. But I think just before we move on, let's just have a moment, pause to pray. And uh, those of you that have shared your stories and where you're at, people will know what to pray for for you. But maybe if you haven't had a chance to share, just, just very briefly, just say where you're at and get somebody to pray for you. And let's just do that. We'll li literally, we'll just have a few minutes on that before we move on. But I think it's good to just pause and uh, just allow God to... to to help you and to speak to you. Okay, if we could just draw those prayers to a close. We've got a couple more things we want to do before we, before we wrap up. Thank you, guys. Uh, first thing I'd like to, to do is a number of people, uh, as they were kind of just sharing their stories said, oh, when I, when I was at the, the, this last year or two years ago or three years ago. Uh, and so God's, God's kind of used these little times together to help us support one another on the journey. And uh, it might be that you're here today and you've come along and it's the first time you've been to any, anything like this at all. Uh, it might be that you're in the process now, but you're in a very different place and different questions are up for you than there were last time. So we're just going to have five minutes of kind of open questions. Now, as I say, I won't, I'm, I'm not the font of all knowledge and wisdom, but somebody in the room may be answer, able to answer your question. So if you've come in and you've got a question that you think, oh, I, I would start the process, but, or, you know, I've got this question or this challenge, or uh, has anybody got any advice? We've already had one. Anybody got any, um, you know, advice on uh, interracial adoption? If there's anybody that's got that experience, we've got one at least. Um, so, uh, you know, there's, there's shared wisdom in the room. But has anybody got any questions that they want to ask? Go for it. Yeah, good Christian agencies for... You've got two adopted children and, and fostering. Uh, I would say yes, there are. Um, in fact, I was going to address that because I, I know obviously the Southampton story includes that very clear working with the local authority, but we do also work with Christian agencies as well through Home for Good. So I didn't want you to think I was preferring one over the other. I think if we can get children into homes, that's what we want to do. In Southampton, it just happened to be that way because we were trying to serve the city as well. But if you were to go onto the Home for Good website, and have a look on there. There's some really good pathways to fostering on there as well that will point you in the right direction with some agencies that we've worked with who are excellent. So, so get yourself... I'll, I'll give you a leaflet at the end and, uh, and we can find some information out on there. Um, and if anybody's got any other advice on uh, fostering agencies, Christian fostering agencies uh, that they'd be able to work with, you could come and uh, share that there. Any other questions? Yeah, what I would say to you is... is at the moment, children that are in sibling groups and children that have special needs are the hardest to find a placement for. So to have people who are actively desiring to foster or adopt children who have got different needs, 
every local authority will be jumping at your feet to try and support you in that because there's there are children that are waiting right now uh for homes that have disabilities now uh I am aware that there is one family within commission who have several adopted children with special needs, and I'm just trying to remember which church they are in. Weymouth. Thank you. Weymouth. So if you find out Weymouth, where Weymouth are cited, and try and get details, or perhaps you could, do you know their names and details? Not The Bromleys know them. The Bromleys aren't here, are they? You know them. Okay. Lady in the pink. And the lady in the black, could you, after the meeting, could you introduce yourselves to one another and pass on the name of the family in Weymouth because uh, they were an outstanding example and I was just bowled over by the way that they were loving and caring for their children with severe special needs. So that would, they'd be able to certainly give you lots of wisdom and advice. Okay, any, any more questions? Uh, well, it does depend. The question was, do you have to go to the agency or local authority for the area that you live in? With, with private fostering or adoption, no, you don't. You can just go to an agency. Um, with, with fostering, you can go to a local authority where you live and they will assess you or neighbouring areas because with fostering, proximity is important because you'll need to be picking up, dropping off, having relationship with, uh, you know, with birth family and, and all of that kind of thing. With adoption, often they would prefer to place outside of catchment. So, for example, in Southampton for many years, we couldn't have adopted a Southampton child because we would consistently bump into birth family or whatever. So, but actually, they're so desperate now for adoptive parents that Southampton have changed their policy, and they will now accept. So every authority will do it slightly different. So my suggestion would be uh, go to your local authority. If it's fostering you're interested in, then go to your closest local authority. If, if it's adoption you're interested in, then get yourself on the Home for Good website and have a look there. But also um, go to your... Uh, kind of your local authority, your neighbouring local authorities, make contact with, you know, you can make several contact with several of them, see which ones get back to you, because we've already heard that one that hasn't, see which ones get back to you, which ones are eager to work with you, and uh, I would go with that. And also, if you can get recommendations from others in the area, get online and have a look and, and kind of Google it and see what they say, and you'll find some recommendations that way. I think we've got time for one more question. I would say no, no. Um, you know, if you, if you can provide a stable, loving home, there are children that need family, so yeah, great. Okay, next thing I wanted to do was just to s kind of provoke us a little bit as to how we can personally be involved in this story. Now, obviously, the first way we can get involved is is by you and I fostering or adopting. That's the that's the biggest practical thing that any of us can do to make a genuine difference to the lives of the most vulnerable children and and that obviously will be something some of you are considering you might have come in today and thought it wasn't something I was considering I was only coming in to see how I could be a help to my friend who's thinking about doing it but let me tell you you are an incredible resource and a blessing and it could be you not just your friends that are involved in this story so I would say make it an item for prayer Make it an item for prayer, and let's see what God will do. And if you are interested, um, I've got you know some particular little pointers for you here. So if you're interested in fostering, you could come and grab a fostering card. If you're interested in adoption, you could come and grab an adoption card. If you're interested in supporting other families who foster and adopt in your environment, you could come and grab one of these, and it gives you some pointers. There are, this one really covers everything. So if you just think, I don't know what I'm, how I'm supposed to be involved, but I'm in the room, and so I'll get involved somehow. There's one there. 
and others of us have got no desire to adopt or foster, but we've got loads of money. Uh, and so there's another way that you can get involved. And the church, I'll be honest with you, the church is uniquely placed to provide great support networks for families who foster and adopt. And so I would say one of the key ways you can get involved in this whole story is by loving, serving, supporting and praying for those in your church who are somewhere on that journey. Hunt them out, find them out, say, how can I serve you? What can I do? What will be a blessing to you? What can I be praying for for you? Is there anything I can do to support you in that journey? Uh, And that way we're, we're, we're just being a blessing and supporting. As I've said, it can be a lonely journey, but the church is, is, is in a unique position. And, and so often I work with the social workers who will say, do you know, I never realized what an incredible resource the church is. Because most people have got two or three friends and one or two colleagues, but you Christians, you're surrounded by people. Something goes wrong in your life, you've got pastors to go to and people that will pray for you and give you money and give you clothes. And so the church is brilliant. And it might be that your role is to be a blessing and a support to other families who are doing it. Another way, and this is something I want you to really consider today, okay, championing adoption and fostering in your setting. My dream, really, is that every single commissioned church would have a couple of families who will name themselves champions for this cause, who will say, I'm going to stand up on Father's Day and Mother's Day and Adoption Sunday and show people a video and give them a leaflet. Or every now and again, I'm going to go up to our leaders and I'm going to say, guys, can you put that on your leader's agenda? Because I think this should be something we think about. Or if there's a family in the church that's thinking about fostering and adoption, the leaders can say, oh yeah, go and speak to so-and-so. They're our champion for that. And you've got a bunch of leaflets that you can give out and pointers to point people in the right direction. And it's ever so easy to be a champion. And, And so if that's something you'd like to consider, here's a little leaflet that says, be a champion. Are you passionate about fostering and adoption? And so really the four things that it says on here are that you can champion fostering and adoption in your church. You can organize evenings to, to kind of promote the work. You can connect with people in your church who are thinking about fostering and adopting, and you can work with your church to set up peer-led support groups for foster carers and parents. Okay, so that's something you might want to consider. And the other thing, and this is something you can just take to pass on to your leaders, becoming a home for good church. There's a network, a growing network of churches. And I had a lady recently who was moving from Ireland to Southampton, and she was an adoptive mother. And she went onto the internet and found out that we were a home for good church. And so she came along because she knew that we were a church that we're going to be able to cater for her needs, her husband's needs, and her child's needs. And, uh, and becoming a home for good church means we're trying, to, we're trying to establish some patterns of working. So our children's workers will be a little bit more equipped. Uh, we will be expecting people who are foster carers and adoptive parents to be in our midst. We will expect differences in behavior and differences in background, and we'll welcome that. It won't be strange for somebody who's in the process of adoption to be in our midst. And just helping to create that culture and having this network of churches uh, that can help 
to fill the gap in our nation where the finances of our authorities are so sadly lacking and where the need for the children is so immense. So, so I'd love everybody to take one of those. Now, I don't care if we've got 10 people from the same church and all of you go and give it to your leader and say, we need to do this, we need to do this. And they go, oh, not again. Okay. But to be honest with you, as a, speaking as a leader myself, there you genuinely want to champion everything, but you haven't got the capacity to champion everything. And if you've got somebody in your congregation who will say, you know, I'll take that, I'll do that, I'll pray for that, I'll promote that, I'll advertise that, I'll get that ball rolling, and I'll check in with you every now and again to make sure it's okay, that would, the job would be done. You know, I, I often quote the statistic, if every church in the UK would have one foster or adoptive family, there would be no need for any other placement in any other setting in the whole country. That's incredible, isn't it? And it, but it's true. And so if every one of our churches have one more foster family, and let, it's, 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 we're at the start of a journey. You know, I started this journey in our church a few years ago, and now one of my other eldership couples is just about to have uh, a, a, a placement. Uh, another one of my leadership couples have just started the process, and so there are going to be three of us on the leadership team that are all adopting and we've got other foster parents as well who are just kind of wanting to start the journey as well so it does start over time takes time but bit by bit we'll change the culture of the church and the children that are currently without families will have them won't they so i wanted us to finish just by praying for the children so perhaps we could stand together yeah at the moment there are currently i think six thousand children waiting for their forever family in the UK. Lord, we, we look at that number and it seems impossible, yet one life at a time you've rescued us and adopted us into your family. And my prayer, Lord, is that one by one those children would find safe and loving homes amongst us, your family, Lord, we lift up to you the children in our country who are currently in danger, uh, who are facing situations of physical, sexual and emotional abuse and neglect, who are suffering from family breakdown. Father, we ask you, would you intervene? Would you supernaturally protect and father them in these moments of vulnerability? Would you raise up the Christians in our communities and our churches to become those who will welcome and provide love for those who are the most vulnerable? Why don't we all just raise our voices for a moment and just commit this to the Lord and say, Lord, help us to play our part Help me to play my part and, and protect and love those children. Come on, let's raise our voices together. And Lord, for those that are wondering about whether this is a journey that they should take, Lord, I pray that you would lead and you would guide. And for those that are on the journey, I pray that you would continue to lead, guide and strengthen. Give us every resource that we need, Lord, to be able to care for and love our children in all their different shapes and sizes trials and challenges give us grace as parents lord for those that are currently in situations where they're parenting several and often with quite 
significant needs. Lord, I pray for grace and patience and wisdom and strength. I pray that they would hear right now God's well done, good and faithful servant. That they would know the approval of heaven over their parenting. Those moments when we're tempted to doubt and wonder if we're doing the right thing and have we bitten off more than we can chew. All those thoughts, Lord, help us to hear your well done and your approval of us. And help us in turn to impart that love and approval to others. Pray you'll bless the rest of our time together at West Point and that this, uh, this journey of fostering and adoption would increasingly be part of the commission story. All for the glory of Jesus. Amen.